You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning, Pasco Vale. Warm welcome to all our visitors and all our friends here and also those who are listening online. Now, Kiki and I uh, thank you for the prayers of our mum and who had obviously been recently diagnosed with lung cancer. Uh, as you will observe, my wife is not here. She's literally just been dropped off at the airport and she's flying back to um, Penang uh, to be with her mum as she goes through the surgery. So please pray for her mum and the family. And we thank you for the many prayers that you're already praying for us right now. Now today we begin a series on the book of Ephesians. So for the newcomers, you're, you're very lucky. You're just at the start of the series. So you, you've not missed anything to date. So uh, let's let's bow our heads now and let's prepare our hearts to receive this. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of scripture. And we just pray, dear Lord, that you'll help us to digest the words that you have, to reflect upon it and be convicted by it, to be challenged, to be more like you each day. May the meditation of our hearts and the words that we speak today be wholly acceptable to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, have you been in a situation where you're just so excited about something that you can't help but want to share that excitement with everyone? You know, before you know it, your, your emotions start pouring out and you cannot contain your excitement and you start bubbling away. A stream of words just keep pouring out of you like a word salad because your brain's in overdrive and your words just keep pouring out and you barely take a moment to breathe and you told, until you told the other party everything. You know, I pity Margaret who just read the passage because that's what it was all about. Well, this passage from Ephesians 1 is very much like that, actually. Spanning from verses 3 to 14 is actually one very long sentence in the original text. A massive string of 202 words in total. Whilst the modern language conventions added punctuations and the original text reads like one non-stop sentence. So it's hard for anyone who's reading that to even potentially take a breath. You know, Paul was so carried away and so excited that he lists all the ways we've been blessed in the gifts of salvation that he forgot, he forgets even to stop to take a breath. You know, just like a kid with a new toy, his, his excitement cannot be contained. Except for Paul, this isn't just some new exciting thing. He's been a follower of Christ for over 25 years since Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and turned him from a terrorist into an evangelist, a Jesus hater to a Jesus lover. But the way he talks about his redemption is as if he's just won the Australian Open or the recent World Cup football. So much excitement and so much passion. You know, I wonder how many of us genuinely are excited as Paul was today about all the spiritual blessings and the grace we have received in Christ. It is certainly something we probably need to remind ourselves of, how much Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Ephesians 1 begins with Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus 
and are faithful in Christ Jesus. As any introduction letter would begin, Paul introduces to the reader who he is, an apostle of Christ, and by the will of God. He did not choose to become an apostle for Jesus. Quite the opposite, actually. As you know, when we said in the beginning of Paul's journey, it was by the will of God that Paul was called to be an apostle because he hated the Jesus-believing people. He persecuted them. It was certainly not a smooth ride, even though it was God's will that he was called. He, was, he had to face much challenges in his ministry. And at his end, it was, even, it was even a darker side because it was suggested that he was beheaded, possibly about the time that Peter was crucified. Herein lies an important lesson for all of us as well, that even though we are all called by God to ministry, it does not always mean that it will be smooth or that there will not be challenges. So all this talk about believing in Jesus and everything will be fine or everything will go smoothly in your life is not the truth. This is not what the scripture says. So beware of those who proclaim it because it is not from the biblical text. But despite all of that, despite all that poor experience, nothing, nothing could dampen the Apostle Paul's excitement and the joy of knowing that he has been called to his ministry by the will of God. Nothing. So who was he writing this letter to? Well, we know that the people he's writing this letter to are to the saints, ordinary people who has been made right with God, set apart and faithfully following Jesus. They are in Christ, and they are located in Ephesus. And like every believer, we live with Christ at the center, and we live in a world that doesn't. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. His greeting says it all. He longs for them and us to know God's grace, to have that peace that comes from living in that grace. As we work through this chapter, I wish that we will appreciate and identify with Paul's torrents of praise as we absorb the wonder of God's grace, the grace that changes everything. And that is why that is the title of the sermon series on Ephesians today. As we work through the verses today, you'll notice that there's a sort of pattern within the sentences. They are the blessings outlined in the what? And they come in or according or through someone or something. And we have the how. And then often, there's a purpose, a for, or the why. So let's dive in. Let's strap ourselves and explore these wonderful blessings, the gift of grace, as we work through the passage. So firstly, we'll be looking at the gifts of grace. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly place. Now the word for blessed or blessing is the word that we get out of the word eulogy. It means to speak well. You know, it's not like a politician taking up their achieve, talking up their achievements, which may or may not bear any resemblance to reality. 
by exposing the wonderful truth of the awesome things that God has done for us, as Paul does now, and calls us to do the same. In verse 3, it talks about every spiritual blessing. Whatever spiritual blessing is necessary for us, God has already given it to us. He hasn't withheld any spiritual blessings from us. And whatever spiritual blessings we have, it comes from God. Our gifts, our serving, our giving, our praying, extra, all God-given in Christ, it all comes to us because of Jesus. In the heavenly places or in the heavenlies, what on earth does this mean? The phrase or reference is made over five times in Ephesians. In Ephesians 1 verse 20, 2 verse 6, 3 verse 10, and 6 verse 12. It refers to the boundaries in which the principalities and powers continue to operate, but in which Christ also reigns supreme. This is ultimately the only situation in which we are going to need God's blessing before Jesus, the King. So let's look at blessing number one. Even as He chose us in Him, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. Verse 4 tells us that He chose us. He chose us. What a great thing that is, that the God of the whole universe, the God of all creation, has chosen you and me. He's chosen you. Remember those games when you were little, you know, where, where they had two captains and, and each came to choose someone to be on their team? I don't know how you feel when you were in that situation. Pretty daunting, wasn't it? To be left out, especially if, if you're not the fastest or, or the most uh, skilled. But what a sense of pride that you receive when you, you were chosen that God actually picked me. God picked you. What a great thing to know that way back before the foundation of the world, before we have done anything right or wrong, before we were even conceived in our mother's womb, God chose us. It's hard for us to grasp this, isn't it? But it's true. It's true. Your choosing was not some last-minute decision that was made at Kmart during, uh, or, or to pick out a Christmas gift at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. No. This is something God had planned way back in eternity's path. In Him means we were chosen to be His children. It's because of Jesus that we are chosen. It's only because of Him and His credibility in heaven that we can be there. There is nothing Nothing we can do to earn our place in heaven. Now isn't that amazing? What a wonderful God we have. That is why we have an important role to play. You know, as Uncle Ben from the Spider-Man franchise would say, with great power comes great responsibility. That, my friends, is why we are called to be holy and blameless. 
the purpose of choosing us is not so that we can go on sinning or that we can or that we have somehow won the lottery. We have a responsibility with receiving that grace. When God was making his plan in eternity before we existed and before Christ had died on the cross, he knew, he knew that we would not be holy. He knew that we would not be blameless. God knew that we would be unworthy. We will be unholy. We will be blameworthy. But his plan in Jesus reverses the curse of Genesis chapter 3. So we've not, so we not been given this great privilege to be on a team because we're smart or good or what we do or what we have somehow been righteous. Far from it. The purpose of choosing us is so that we can be holy and blameless before Him, but also in His sight. Not ours, not someone else's, but in His sight. And herein lies blessing number two. In love, He predestined us. Predestined means not only does God choose His people in eternity, but He determines that what he plans happens. You know, a lot of people wrestle with that idea and find it very difficult. We think that we choose God, which we must do as well. But we only do it because he also first chose us. The biblical doctrine of predestination removes the idea that we can rescue ourselves, that somehow we were the ones that pulled ourselves out of sin. No. No, this is a great blessing because without it, we'll never be saved. People often say, I can't believe in a God who is like that. How can God be just if he chooses some and not others? Now, before we get all worked up, ask ourselves this honest question. Did God have to save us? We were all sinners, condemned. No one is saved, not even one, unless his sins are paid by Jesus upon that cross. Who are we to tell God how he needs to be or act before we believe in him? Let's focus on the important bit here, that this is an act of love, that he chooses us. Note that God does not tell us definitively who will be chosen and who won't? We only know that it is at His will. After all, God has the right to decide, does He not? So we feel that it's wrong for certain people to be left out. Then I say to you, my friends, pray for them. Pray fervently for them. Be like that persistent widow that we learned in last week's message. Petition our God to choose them too. Petition our God that God will open their eyes to see the gospel, that they will open their eyes to see the grace that God has extended to them. If you feel strongly about humanity, then pray for everyone to be chosen by God. Don't go accusing God that He is unjust if He chooses some and not others. When we ourselves, who are unworthy of grace, do nothing. 
But know this truth. Know this truth. The only thing that motivates this grace is God's great love. His great love for each and every one of us in this room, in his church, and all around the world. He loves us because he simply loves us. The basis of choosing and predestining is in his character. Love, it is love. It's all about love. He loves us so much that he did it. In verses 11 to 12, he further tells us that this predestining is in him. And that it's according to God's plan. And that his purpose is for the praise of his glory. And we now look at blessings number three. That is for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of of his glorious grace. Verse 5 tells us that we are adopted. Now what a blessing that is. We who have no right at all to be anywhere near God because of our sinfulness. God has adopted us into his family. Made joint heirs with Christ. And it can only happen through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through the sacrifice of God's Son, we can come into His family according to the purpose of His will. Again, it's through His plan, not ours, to the praise of His glorious grace. And that is the purpose. Not so we can show off, but so the glorious grace of Jesus is shown. As we come into the family, God's purpose is that we show the family likeness. That our renewed spiritual DNA comes out in how we live, how we speak, how we think. And we look at blessings number four. In his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved grace. It's God's unmerited favor. What, is, what a blessing that is. You know, without it, we wouldn't survive one second because we sin. We continually need His unmerited favor. If He was to withdraw it, we will be destroyed. Again, it's in Christ, in the Beloved. Blessing number five. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. We talk about redemption in verse 7, commonly used with the buying people out of slavery. We were lost. We were slaves to Satan. The price of the buyback was someone's life because the price of turning away from God is death. That's why it's in Him and through His blood. It can only occur that way. A life for a life. His perfect life for a sinful one. The only one good enough to do it is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is why we call Him our Savior. Blessing number six. 
the forgiveness of trespass according to the riches of the grace of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight forgiveness the ongoing result is forgiveness for our sins they are dealt with forever what a marvelous blessings that it is guilt gone set free from the guilt of our failure according to the riches of God's grace lavished on us not given gradually not given stingily or in small amount but lavished lavished not foolishly as we sometimes do with our kids when we lavish things on them but with great wisdom and understanding the only thing that we need ultimately is mercy is the very thing that God has by the bucket loads and he pours it out on all of us blessing number 7 making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which is set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth he's made known his will to us god's plan for us the world the universe no mystery means something hidden that's now revealed we wouldn't know it apart from god telling us what that mystery means we have the unique privilege and blessings of knowing god's will this is again according to his purpose his good pleasure set forth in Christ What is it? Is to bring all things under the headship of Jesus. You know, if you want to know the will of God, this is it. Bring everything under the rule of Jesus. Us, everyone. Sometimes the will of God seems to so very complex, but it's actually pretty simple. Bring everything under the headship of Jesus. Faced with choices, ask yourself, what is the best that serves the headship or lordship of Jesus, and bring everything under Him. Blessing number eight: In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. we my friends are inheritors of eternal life god's kingdom full salvation again is in him and according to his will notice here that god works everything according to the counsel of his will the good and the bad the easy and the hard that's such a blessing to know that even when things are going wrong and things are tough we, that we are going through the result is not some result or some chaotic or out of control random process but it's all under the loving oversight of God himself and the purpose is so that we may have a hope we might have a hope a hope in Jesus and to the praise of his glory and God is glorified when his people endure through suffering by his grace. Blessing number 
In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. We heard the gospel. Now do you realize what an incredibly privileged position you are in? You know, there are billions of people on the planet who haven't heard the good news of Jesus, the word of truth, the gospel of salvation. But we have the incredible blessings of being able to hear it and even read it for ourselves. We've got churches everywhere that preach it. Countless books, videos, websites, even podcasts nowadays. Even if you have the Bible Gateway app, for example, you have over 50 different English translations of the Bible. Or if you're a Spanish reader, there are over 19 options. And the Wycliffe Bible Translators, whom Rachel, who is our missionary support, is part of the, currently, is part of the organization that currently translating many more unique local languages in unreached places. It is truly such an unbelievable blessing that there is more we can do to reach the word for Christ to the nations. Much more that we can do. And bless, blessing number 10, believed. God worked in us so that we saw the gospel, the word of truth, is precisely that true. That it's the gospel of our salvation, our only hope, a great blessing from God. Again, it is all in Him. Blessing number 11. Was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. We are marked, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Not only has God chosen us, adopted us, or shown us His grace, redeemed us, forgiven us, shown us His will, caused to hear the gospel, and He has given us a down payment of what is to come, the Holy Spirit. Sealed it means to be marked. All the way back to Cain in Genesis chapter 4, verse 15, we are marked, not so that people would avoid Him, but it was a sign of God's grace so that people wouldn't attack him. It was for protection. The guarantee is the original word is used today is a contemporary Greek for an engagement ring, the promise of marriage. But the guarantee is more like the down payment on a house. It's part of the full payment, what God has promised in terms of our ultimate rescue and going to be with him forever and it will happen. The Holy Spirit in us is evidence of that. We are in Him. Blessing number 12. Every spiritual blessing chose us, every, sorry, every spiritual blessing that He chose us, that He predestined us, that He adopted us, that His glorious grace, redemption, forgiveness, knowing His will and inheritance, heard of the gospel, believed and the Holy Spirit. These are all the wonderful array of blessings that God has poured out on each and every one of us. Count them. Examine them. Admire them. Be thankful for them. Be grateful and appreciative to God for them. And do, them, do that regularly. 
be excited about them as Paul is every time he speaks of it. Now you might say, it's all very well to say that, but my circumstances are very tough and overwhelming even. It, makes, it may take us a while to get there, but let's remember that when Paul was writing this letter, he was locked up in prison, chained to a Roman soldier, yet he's able to write with the most beautiful catalogue of praise in the New Testament, knowing that he has an inheritance in heaven that will far outweigh his present and current sufferings. He takes the eternal perspective, peering back into eternity past and forward into eternity's future. Now next we look at the giver of grace. How does this happen? What well, is all in him? Over 15 times Jesus is mentioned in these verses and over 11 times the phrase in him or in Christ, in the beloved, is used. It is Jesus that God has chosen to bring us all these blessings. He is the center of it all. Without him, we are nothing and have nothing. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, the beginning and our end. We will be spending the whole of eternity living in His presence under His rule. So get to know Him. Read the scripture more. You know, nothing is more important than to know Jesus and to be in Him. Notice that it's through the cross, the blood of Jesus, His death on the cross that changes everything. And it's because of His sacrifice that He offers us grace all according to his plan, purpose and plan. God's pleasure and he will be blessed. God's pleasure and will, be, and will to bless. He gets pleasure out of it. He doesn't do it grudgingly. So what then is the goal of grace? When you pile up all the purpose clause that we've just seen in the way, on the way through, it's pretty clear why God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit blesses us so much. It says that we should be holy and blameless before Him, to the praise of His glorious grace, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and on earth, so that we might be the, pur- the praise of His glory, to the praise of His glory. Now there are two goals that God has in mind here. Firstly, our godliness, to be holy and blameless. God's goal is calling us into all these blessings so that we can be like Him, like Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, what a blessing it is that this is now a possibility, that we have a privilege to work with Him and with each other to making that happen. Next is for His glory. Praise of His glorious grace. We must ask ourselves if that is happening in our lives. When we are faced with choices, when we are faced with choices, when we are asking ourselves what will be the praise of His grace, what will help people to see the grace of God and give thanks and praise for it? Surely it is the things listed here to forgive people, to help people hear the gospel and experience the grace of God for themselves as we live graciously, as we tell people of the wonderful grace of God, and God will do His work in those people's hearts. 
The grace of God does not relieve me of my responsibility to be obedient. The grace of God makes possible my obedience. To close, the beginning of this passage calls us to speak well of God for all his blessings. Speak well and live well in grace and blessings. Now how does this relate to what we are going, doing here at church? You know, I'm sure we want people to come here to go away thinking what an awesome church we have or what great worship or fellowship or preaching or community. But that is pale in comparison to what we should be doing. How awesome would it be if they went away saying how great God's grace is and, how, and what he has done for me in Christ and what he's doing in the world and the way Jesus is Lord of all, that God's big plan is so awesome. That he changed my life and I want to tell everyone about him and what he's done with the excitement that Paul had. Wouldn't that be awesome that we get so fired up and excited by grace that we can't stop talking about it and we just light up, our faces just light up as Paul does when he speaks of grace no matter what our personal circumstances might be. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sin. We thank you that you loved us so much, that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And what a blessing it is indeed that we be the recipients of this grace. Lord, let us be, help us be excited by it. Help us to be challenged by it. Let, help us to be rebuked and trained in righteousness by it. Help us to live a blameless and holy life so that we can shine your light into our community, to our sphere of influence, and even to our families. Thank you, God, for your word. And I just pray to you, Lord, that whatever has been spoken here, that something, something will challenge each and every one of our hearts. You know our hearts better than anyone does. Challenge us, change us, and make us become more like you. Thank you, God, for every aspect of service today. And we pray for each and every soul that's here and those who are listening. That you bless them. That you continue to bless them and lavish them with your grace. So that everything, everything will indeed be changed by grace. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.